And welcome to another edition of the Morning Briefing. I'm Jeff DeForest, along with Mike Luby Lubitz here on No Filter. As well, we always have this debate, I guess, uh, what is the best time of the year in the sporting world? How could I ever leave you in springtime? People, uh, you know, I mean, always think that it might be springtime. Is, is it the fall? But you would have to say, uh, Michael, uh, uh, maybe it's just the here and now. But uh, you could not have asked for more variety, more excitement, uh, more uh, and incredibly, uh, you know, just compelling action that then you got over the weekend, especially if you had money on a couple of these college, <laughs> which we come uh, here not to appraise uh, our bookmaker, but to bury him. Now, the wise guys, uh, just about everybody, uh, they were all in on Navy, easily covering 20 and a half uh, against the fighting Irish of Notre Dame. And uh, you would have thought, well, geez, you hear this time after time. I mean, it's uh, hard not to be influenced when you're when you're gambling money and, and you really don't have that much in-depth knowledge about what's going on. You can look at the stats and the analytics and say, oh, OK, Notre Dame can't stop the run. And, uh, you know, I hate Notre Dame anyway, which is another reason to bet against them in virtually every ball game. And, and there are reasons for that. Anyway, still, I mean, uh, I, I, I remember, you know, one of the most damaging things that ever happened to me was when I was kicked out of that movie theater for uh, screaming that Rudy was off sides. I, I got, where's the flag? Where's the flag? And I'm carrying on hysterically. And then I realize I'm at a movie and I still, I can't detach myself from the idea that I uh, root for Notre Dame to fail on uh, virtually uh, every play. So uh, we're thinking, is there any other reason to watch this uh, triple option that Navy tries to execute, which execution probably was the key word there because uh, you may as well have uh, gone ahead and, you know, been on a Delonted drip oh, if you were trying to watch uh, them gain any yardage in this uh, contest. Uh, they're playing in Ireland. All of the wise guys, so we're absolutely in love with Navy in this game. And uh, what does Notre Dame do during the offseason? They score Sam Hartman as their quarterback. Under uh, You would have to think, I, I don't know, somewhat suspect or fugazi circumstances. You're saying there were legitimate reasons, Michael, for Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame, that it was a chance for him to, uh, what, get some publicity. He wasn't going to be a high draft pick anyway. Maybe he moves into the first round. He had been at Wake Forest longer than John Blutarski was at Fayette College. <laughs> now he still has eligibility while they're suspending Jim Harbaugh. And uh, I guess, so what is it? Is it Arizona? Who, who is it that uh, uh, Arizona State that, that uh, banned themselves for a ball, another uh, self-imposed penalty. Oh, I didn't even see that. Oh, God. Yeah, no, they, they took a one-year ball ban because of uh, stuff that Herm Edwards was doing when he had COVID. Oh, man. How, how are these guys investigating recruiting violations when, when it's, I mean, look what happened with the Sam Hartman thing. Name, image, and likeness money has to be what? More than they made off, uh, you know, uh, any of the memorabilia they've sold from Newt Rockney's era there. <laughs> and, and my suspicion is, and I, I don't have any confirmation of this, I, I just suspect that Sam Hartman also was in a position, at least, where he was able to demand that several Catholic priests resign <laughs> to the Pope in person with an apology letter and, and saying that uh, they didn't mean to go beyond the parameters of what would be considered uh, good behavior while uh, dealing with uh, leading young boys in the choir. Y you think, I mean, he, he could have got any consideration and they would have been able to uh, go ahead and, and accommodate him because uh, Sam Hartman, they needed him. Uh, did he not bolster his chances uh, of winning the Heisman, Mike Luby Lewis? Uh, I guess. I mean, if we're really talking Heisman after week zero, not even week one, sure. Well, we're talking about it because uh, what? Because uh, you, you could have gotten about 20 to one on Sam Hartman to win the Heisman. Whereas Caleb Williams, who, who was involved in a game where, you know, that there was a theory out there also that 
uh, go ahead and lay enormous amounts of points in games that look like they're going to be blowouts, uh, like the USC San Jose State game was, where, where don't 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 have any trepidation whatsoever about laying an enormous number in that game, which it turned out, and I would imagine this came about with some kind of backdoor cover to further exacerbate uh, the situation and, uh, you know, have the, the players just ready to be carried out of the sports books in body bags. Uh, you, you would have to think that, uh, you know, the San Jose State getting 30 in a hook. To, to lose that when it looks like, you're, you know, you've got Caleb Williams going crazy. He, he throws for four touchdowns and, you know, has the favorite to win the Heisman. Uh, but, but did it pale in comparison to the world watching Sam Hartman throw four TDs for Notre Dame? in this blowout over Navy. I mean, the, the Hartman show seemed more impressive than what Caleb Williams Williams did because USC's defense still sucked. And that's going to be an issue all year for them. Notre Dame was dominant. I mean, and again, Navy's not good. They're with a brand new coach who wants to keep doing the weird running, but also wants to throw two. So, I mean, Navy looks like it's going to be a long year for them. No. But Notre Dame was more dominant. I mean, that Notre Dame jumped out to a 20-something point lead in the, like the first quarter. USC was a, a nip-and-tuck game until the third quarter. So, yes, I, I guess if we're doing Heisman watch in week zero, then, yes, Hartman will probably be the leader. I don't know uh, how long that will last. <laughs> no time is too soon to start speculating as to who's going to win the Heisman trophy, who's going to win the Heisman, uh, especially when, when you know, there, there's so much wagering action uh, available on these uh, season-long proposition bets. And you're, you're getting a pretty fat price on a Notre Dame quarterback who, who might throw for, uh, what does this equate out to? Like, like uh, 45, 48, 50 touchdown passes <laughs> of the season? I mean, breaking every record that uh, anyone has ever established on the collegiate football scene and uh, moving himself into the first round, you would have to say Sam Hartman, uh, you know, it, it was worth it. And thank you, Sam, for uh, making those priests resign. That, that was that was very big of you. Now, you, you were involved, and, and this was a theory of a couple of our wise guys, who uh, we have some very good handicappers that will join us on our uh, License to Steal show on Fridays here on No Filter. And uh, both were advocates of taking the points with Hawaii, the Flying Rainbows. What were they? The uh, Fighting Warriors? The, yeah, the um, Rainbow Warriors. The Rainbow Warriors. Rainbow Warriors is what Oh, that's your theme at FSU. Uh, Vanderbilt, a, a horseshit team, uh, was uh, home to Hawaii. They had uh, slaughtered Hawaii on the road last year. And the spread, uh, in the opinion of many of our handicappers, uh, was that uh, the 17 and a half, the, the word was that the spread was uh, a little bit thick there. So uh, everybody jumped on Hawaii. And you, and this proves a point that we often try to make about gambling and degeneracy, that, that the minute you put $5 on a game, it changes the entire dynamic of not only your viewing and entertainment quotient from the game, but uh, the uh, personality that uh, you, you sort of pretend to be where, where you say that you're racially tolerant. You, you say that, uh, you know, you, you don't mind. You're, you're not going to be a sore loser. And, uh, you know, everything, all of the uh, negative elements that you could possibly exhibit all of a sudden come very much to the surface. And uh, you, you remember chapter and verse. Now, this is a game that you wouldn't watch under any circumstances. Hawaii versus Vanderbilt would be ah. of zero, zero uh, interest uh, to you. Zero point zero, Mr. Blutarski. Um, but uh, you watched it. I mean, you, you remember uh, in great detail the, the yes. final, like, 12 plays of this game. Yes, as if it were Sean McVay going back and reviewing <laughs> a, a game from uh, 2016. 
The recall. Well, yeah, we had a second and 10 there, 39-yard <laughs> line. It was 12-14 to go on the clock. We didn't know if we wanted to go shotgun or not. And that. You're like, how the hell do you remember that? Because maybe, I don't know, maybe McVay has money on these games. But because uh, oh, you had money on this ball game, it took on an entirely different meaning to you. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't even have a lot of money. I'm not some big gambler, but uh, it was like you six had to Hawaii one. money line at six to one. Six to one. Yeah. And Hawaii was a, a 17 and a hook point dog. So I was like, okay, they should get annihilated. They were in the game the entire game. And they actually had a chance late multiple times to tie it up. And you would think that they, because they had come back, they were down by like 20. That you would think if they had been able to tie it, that they would have been able to come back and win. And I remember everything down the stretch. And there's no yes. way I would have done that if I didn't have money on. I could have given a crap about that fucking game. I heard you were screaming, <laughs> hey, what is your fat ass doing out of bounds? It's like, get out of here. I mean, you'd be just as uh, likely uh, inclined to watch Kent State versus Bowling Green as you would <laughs> Hawaii versus Vanderbilt. I don't care if it's the first weekend of the college football season. Uh, there's no way you're touching that game. And to have such an emotional emotional investment uh, in this uh, ball game. Uh, and you did come out. Well, you would have come out. Okay. If you took the points. Yes. If you took the points, you had a nice, easy win. I who went greedy and money line lost by a touchdown. Okay. All right. But, but it was worth the shot. Right. Right? Then you feel like it was worth the shot. You were a minute. You got your money's worth in terms of, uh, you know, it, it's relative. I mean, somebody else might've lost 2,500 on this proposition and it's six to one. Uh, that, that would have been uh, absolutely huge, but oh, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, Obviously, you're, you're defying the uh, gods of gambling by uh, playing into uh, a line that, that is as significant as that, especially since there are only two teams involved in a game and one of them has to win. Yes. But uh, people thought there was a much greater discrepancy uh, based on the uh, kind of fugazi result from a year ago when Vanderbilt went to Hawaii and won like 63 to 3. Yeah, they pounded. And uh, so they, they got the inflated 17 and a hook, even though both teams' fortunes have probably reversed. A very tough team, you know, thing to track in the uh, early portions of the college football season. So uh, you had an exciting time with this ball game, ended up losing money, which may be par for the course. Uh, I had an interesting example of uh, just how this works too, where uh, a game that uh, you would have uh, no, no concern with uh, and uh, no uh, even slight uh, you know, inclination to watch uh, becomes uh, like a paramount importance. And I'm in a bar on a Sunday, and on ABC, not, not like some obscure ESPN channel, is the Little League World Series, Lou. <laughs> this was the title game. They had a consolation game and a title game. And Chinese Taipei, who is a juggernaut in the college uh, Little League uh, World Series, uh, actually a couple of the players there on like, the California team looked like they could have been. But were they also in the College World Series? Has that ever happened in the same year? <laughs> This guy, Lewis Lappy, who uh, hit the walk-off home run to win the game, I think he was also a pitcher. He, he's 6'1", 215. He's right around oh, the same Jesus. size as Donald Trump. Trump. <laughs> On his birth certificate, uh, they actually looked at it. They, they held it up, and it said, I could swear it said Fernando Valenzuela was his name. <laughs> That's the only guy other than Danny Almonte that had a birth certificate that looked uh, you know, more you know, disingenuous uh, than, than this one did. You talk about forged documents there, Mr. Trump. But uh, nonetheless, I mean, he wins the game in dramatic fashion. But, um, you know, I, my attention was drawn to it uh, mostly because uh, I'm in this bar and, and all of a sudden I, I'm looking on the screen there. And you know how they have the little thing about each kid, what his favorite movie is. 
And, and I realized, wow, am I out of touch with things? I mean, uh, you know, you're not expecting that the kid's favorite movie is going to be Citizen Kane or Apocalypse Now <laughs> or Goodfellas. But, I mean, they, they've gone as far in exploiting these children as to put up with their favorite toys. Crazy. <laughs> so there's one the little kid gets up there, little Johnny Jones from uh, El Segundo, and he's like 4'10", 98 pounds, and it says that his favorite food, which he obviously isn't partaking in much of, is a chicken sandwich. Okay. Right. So he's up with the bases loaded and two away. A critical point in the ball game. Uh, the uh, United States team is trying to put away Curacao, uh, who eventually came back from a 5-1 deficit and tied the game with a grand salami in the fifth inning, only to lose in the sixth on this walk-off home run. And uh, this guy, little Johnny Jones, hits a tapper back to the mound for the third out of the inning. And the guy that, that's sitting a couple of seats away at the bar starts screaming, Take that chicken sandwich, Johnny, and shove it up your ass. <laughs> and they, they, these, I mean, that kid looked like a legitimate 11-year-old. He, he really did. <laughs> Some little kid from California. And this, this is what people are saying. They, they're screaming it at a television set. Unbelievable. I mean, <laughs> and why? I, I didn't even have to ask. I, I just looked over at the guy. And you, could, <laughs> you could tell that he had money on the ball game. <laughs> I, what's funny is no one even reacts. I was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Johnny. <laughs> Screw you, Johnny. Go ahead, take one for me, too. <laughs> I hope your mother has cancer. You're like, what? This <laughs> is crazy. Lunatic French. Man. That's what gambling has done to uh, all of us here in the United States of America. Uh, the uh, NFL preseason finished up. Uh, I guess we should follow our home team as the Miami Dolphins. Uh, we're not necessarily committed to them in terms of uh, an emotional investment. I guess, Luby, you are more so yeah, than I am. I am. I've been living in South Florida 42 years. I got very close to a lot of Dolphin players when I was covering a team uh, on a much more uh, in-depth basis, uh, you know, out there every day at practices, fitzing in the hot sun, getting close to some of the players there, going through their various travails, whether it was uh, stuff that was happening on the field or off the field. Uh, you know, I got to very uh, close to uh, many, many people there in the organization. Naturally, you're going to have some kind of affinity for it. But what do you do if your team is playing under a curse? Mm. What do you do? How do you combat that? I mean, there, there have been many curses uh, that have been, uh, I mean, you, you can't deny their existence, right? The curse of the Bambino was legit, was it not? Curse of the Billy Goat, legit. People, that their one wish in life is that they live to be 100 or long enough to see the Cubs win a World Series. And many of the old timers that were there back in on eight, I mean, they, they never got that opportunity. The, these curses are legitimate. The curse of Rachel Nichols uh, that we talked about a lot. <laughs> Nothing disparaging about Rachel Nichols. I'm sure she's a fine human being, but any basketball player that she sat down for one of those in-depth, like Roy Firestone type of interviews with, immediately uh, had uh, something catastrophic happen to them. 100%. Yep. And the next thing you know, they, they were sucking down Baklava, playing for some team in Turkey in Istanbul there, waiting for LeBron to arrive to save the franchise. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, uh, yeah, we've been playing under the curse of Marino. Uh, the fact, that, and, and we believe this to be true, that uh, Dan Marino, when, when it was uh, taken into consideration that he would be traded possibly to the Minnesota Vikings at the end of his career, Jimmy Johnson didn't really care for him. Uh, you know, Marino might have been sick of all the different things that were happening here. His uh, play was, uh, you know, in... in you would have to say decline. I, I think even he would admit to that. He had the uh, Achilles injury, and he never really came back the same. Uh, Jimmy was uh, trying to convince you, Jimmy Johnson, that Damon Heward was a better quarterback. <laughs> we love Jimmy. 
But uh, if you get, ever get down to Key Largo, go to his place, Jimmy Johnson's Big Chill. But uh, great guy and, uh, you know, a, a keen eye for talent. But uh, in this case, huh? It was like the Trumpster trying to convince you we shot a 67 at Bedminster yesterday <laughs> where uh, Brooks Kepka shot a 72. Exactly. Get out. <laughs> but uh, we did watch, uh, I mean, and should we say anything? Is there anything definitive you can take out of the preseason? But we, I mean, what do we know? Except that, um, you know, a lot of things are very suspect with a team yes. that people have great expectations for. In this case, yes. our Miami Dolphins. Uh, they got pushed around pretty badly there by Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. Who, uh, who was an emerging franchise uh, with Trevor Lawrence coming on as a quarterback. Uh, he played a little bit in this game. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to get overwhelmingly anxious about the idea that the uh, Dolphins offensive line is so bad. So bad. And, and uh, you know, Joe Manuel uh, of uh, No Filter, I mean, he's the man, and he's a big Dolphin fan. He spent some time down here in South Florida. Sorry, Joe. I mean, uh, it's Ben Gazzara time for Tua Tangabailoa. He's going to be running for his life, and uh, that is not a good thing, oh, especially no. since uh, you have a lot of substantial injuries uh, going into the season here. Uh, and it does appear, it does appear that a curse may be influencing some of the things that are happening to the Miami Dolphins. But but we hope your team came out of the preseason intact, health, and, and look, ready to go. Out of the preseason is health. The Dolphins, outside of Ramsey, who got hurt before the preseason even started. Uh, seem to be healthy at least. That's all I got from it. If you as a Around the league, most of the players did not get hurt, and I think that's all that you look for from the preseason is health. All right. Yeah. I mean, um, I, I would tend to agree. I, I didn't see anything of any great significance except that these uh, highly drafted rookie quarterbacks oh, look like shit. You might want to take out <laughs> advertising on the bottom of their shoes because, uh, like the fable joke about the fighter, uh, he's going to be looking up at the lights sooner than later. Uh, they, they all look to be a little bit lost there. And uh, I, I, you know, can feel uh, somewhat uh, sympathetic and empathetic for uh, the fact that they're going to look very much like David Carr did in that promo where he's standing behind, uh, you know, uh, his center and there is no offensive line (laughs) 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 and they're not counting Mississippi's. All right. uh, That's your morning briefing for today. Yeah. We had a good time. Uh, A lot of things uh, on the horizon. U S open gets underway. Yeah. We'll have some steam on that coming up on uh, tomorrow's edition. And, uh, I hope you guys had a great weekend. Uh, football is here. Football yes. uh, begins again uh, Thursday night with uh, the major college slate, uh, including some marquee teams. And so uh, there, there can't be enough to talk about here on uh, future editions of the Morning Briefing. For Mike Luby-Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. Uh, thanks so much for tuning in.